0: Hey y'all, this is your host, Louise Robinson with the Nobody Wants to Work Though Podcast Season 2. I hope the stories inspire you to switch careers. I have done all kinds of interesting things in my life and I'm a firm believer of you only live once. Sit back and enjoy.
1: We are Switch Into Tech. Tech resources to accelerate your career in information technology. Monthly classes on tech topics. We offer free or discounted exam vouchers, scholarships, free Udemy courses, free events, free boot camps, and more. You can find us at www.switchintotech.org.
0: Or, hey y'all, my name is Elise Robinson with the Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. Today I have Gabriel Thomas Spartan, and go ahead and introduce yourself, Gabriel.
1: Uh, Thank you for inviting me today. Uh, I was really looking forward to meeting you. My name is Gabriel. Thank you for the warm introduction. I am a 20-year veteran teacher of multiple subjects. I've taught in the United States and in China for 11 years. You said uh, your story was that you bought a one-way ticket to Mexico for just a couple of weeks. It turned into six years. Mine turned into 11. (laughs) I've taught from kindergarten to uh, 12th grade, college, university, and beyond, both in uh, the United States and China as well. uh, I have a beautiful family. I am a father to a 20-month-old little girl. Her name is Charlotte. She is every bit as adventurous as my wife and I. I mean, she loves the, the unpaved roads, the, the gravel, the sand, sand dunes, the water. But you put her on a paved road and she will be very disappointed. <laughs> so, but uh, I do have a company which was inspired by my daughter from the moment that we thought about her. I mean, a thought can be so powerful that she changed my life for the better. She has challenged me. Uh, the company is called First Time Parent. I coach parents to raise happy, healthy, and self-sufficient children without added stress. It isn't just for uh, first-time parents. I also help uh, parents who are co-parenting as well in that company. So that is another branch of what we do on, uh, at First-Time Parent. Um, that's, about to, that's about it. And then I'll let you ask me all the questions.
0: All right. Um, What city? Well, you probably were in multiple cities. What city um, in China? Because I was in Mingyong Mingyang in Sichuan province.
1: Well, I lived in uh, Beijing for over seven years. And then uh, I moved to Guangzhou, which is closer to uh, Hong Kong. And then I moved to Foshan for another two years, uh, where Bruce Lee's teacher comes from, the city of Foshan. So. there, you'll never forget that.
0: <laughs> all right then, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to say like I hated China or I enjoyed China. It's, yeah. It's I don't I don't even know how to describe it.
1: <laughs> well, I um, this is what I did in 2008. I moved there towards the the uh, end of 2008. In 2009, I took my bicycle and I did a bike ride from Beijing all the way up north to all the way west which is uh tibet that is 2000 miles uh in 43 days that means well 37 days of riding five five or so days of resting with a calf injury that i sustained in sichuan province so <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i mean to this day some of the best soup i ever had was in beijing and uh, the food, the spicy food, the uh, the hot pot is uh, delicious.
1: Yeah, we had that last night. My wife is Chinese.
0: Okay, okay. And so we
1: actually had hot pot last night. Hot pot for uh, your viewers, if they don't know, it's just a pot divided into two halves. One side is very spicy sauce, which is soup, right? And the other side is it could be chicken soup, chicken broth. And you just dip whatever you want inside of it and then eat it as you go. It's the, uh, the longest lunch or dinner you'll ever have because it's endless. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, what did you want to be when you, when you grew up?
1: That is a great question. I remember at age four, something came over me that all I wanted to be was a teacher. Because my grandmother set the standard so high for for me that she was respected by whether there were politicians uh, in our family or doctors, um, writers, you name it. She was respected the most because she was a math teacher of 37 years. And to me, she was a giant in our family because of the, the level of respect she received Because of the love that she gave to so many people, she had a smile on her face all the time. She took care of a family, a rather large family, um, never complaining once and loving her students as if they were their children or her children. That's how much she loved people, her students, life in general. And all I wanted to do was to be like her. I don't think it was me being... Uh, wanting to become a teacher, but to be the person that she was that had so much power, just as a math teacher, that people would just bring her gifts. They would tell her how much they loved her, how much they respected her. That is all I wanted. I think it was the, the traits that I wanted more than the profession. And then I learned that once you're in that profesh- profession, you you receive those traits because it comes with the territory. And so, being a teacher of 20 years in two different countries, in the US and in China, teaching from K through 12, college, university, and beyond, uh, being a writer, uh, I've published 10 books in the past uh, 20 months since my daughter's been with us, uh, opening our company. All of this, it was because of that one little thought, because of that one. Rather, tiny person who had the, the world in the palm of her hand.
0: So let me ask you this. Um, this isn't on the sheet, but yeah it's okay.: Do you think that you being a teacher, helped you in your entrepreneurial process and helped you come with, with, with the idea outside of, outside of your daughter?
1: if not for being a teacher, I wouldn't be here talking to you and be so proud of First Time Parent, the company that I helped create, the inspiration that was given to me by my daughter. It took three, almost three and a half years of hard work. Had I not been a teacher, I would have never cared this much about humanity as I do right now. I don't just love myself and my, family, my wife and my daughter, that's my family, but everything that I know, I give. If you go to my website, firsttimemomdad.com, which leads you to first-time parent, you will receive probably over a 100 hours of uh, different types of education about raising happy, healthy, and self-sufficient children without added stress, both for um, first-time parents and those who are co-parenting, because I am working with the court system. I'm working with a family lawyer. And so it's with their help that I am able to do the things that I do because I love, I love humanity. I love people. I love diversity. And I love it when people need help. And I am there to give them the assistance that they need because that brings joy into my life when I see that they've accomplished the goal that they wanted so badly and all I had to do was steer them in the right direction. Had I not been a teacher, had I been something else or someone else, I would have never brought this company to fruition like I have today where the company stands for caring for people, loving people, accepting people, teaching them everything that I know. Because the knowledge gained, the knowledge learned isn't mine. I have it for a short time, but I have to give it before it's too late and I'm no longer here to serve people. Therefore, I have to give it to people to make sure that they continue where I leave off or just begin where I am. So had I not been a teacher, no, I, would, I wouldn't be here talking to you about it. <laughs> Thank you. I hope it was deep enough
0: I mean I, I, I like that question because it's like you know I, I told you about my all my detours in life and you know I'm wondering you know would I ever have ended up in Mexico you know if it wasn't for you know the catalyst in my life um and so, yeah, I always always wonder about that stuff,
1: you know, people's life story, you
0: know, would that have happened if that didn't happen, you know, or whatever.
1: So, um, I think about that a lot. Um, let me just add this: in 2008, when I decided to purchase a one-way ticket to move to China for five years, it was because I wanted to expand my horizons, not only as a human being, not only as a son. But as a teacher, to test my, my ability as a teacher, I had taught here for four years. It just wasn't – I felt like I, I could give more, but all I had to do was leave my comfort zone and to be tested to see if I can give more. To go to a place with no family, no career, uh, not even Chinese money or a Chinese phone, nothing. I just purchased a one-way ticket three weeks later. I'm in Jianjiang, China, for a couple of weeks that I was there. I just wanted to get lost, learn the culture, be among people, let them make me into a better person. Had I not been a teacher, had I been in, in tech or something, I would have never ended up there.
0: Well, that's good that you know for a fact.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I replay that a lot in my head. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I guess I kind of asked that question. What was the catalyst that made you change your your career? Um, but let me ask you this: Why China? Though that's that's the question.
1: First of all, um, I needed a way out of Las Vegas in 2008. Our city was still small. It's not as big now, but it was small. I went as far as Texas Tech, where I was uh, in the master's program. I received. Uh, the art scholarship and, and one or two others. Uh, I spent a, an amazing amount of time becoming a better artist, a better person. Um, it wasn't enough. I come back to Las Vegas and I'm teaching at Bonanza High School, at Cheyenne High School, teaching creative writing, teaching physical education, teaching bodybuilding. It just wasn't enough. There was something missing. Believe it or not, I was at the time I was doing a friend a favor uh, at Gold's Gym. I was working there because they had just opened uh, their juice bar. So I'm there with my laptop and and I'm about to like explode because I know I want something, but I don't know what it is. And I go on there and I write teaching jobs for teach or, or teaching jobs for teachers or something like that. And then. I see uh, teaching jobs in Montana. I'm thinking, oh, man, cowboy town. I'm going, right? So I've heard good things about Montana, never been there. Let's go there. And then at the bottom, there's a little ad that says teaching jobs in China. I called the number. The lady says, yeah, you can actually do that. I didn't know I could do something like that. She says, you can do that. Can I help you? I said, nope. I called for my passport had just expired. So I called for my passport, and then I think it was I called another person or department for my visa. I know nothing about any of these things. She says, um, What kind of visa do you want? I'm thinking, I said, I don't know. She goes, How about a visitor's visa? I'm like, okay, that sounds good. And Then she says, How about 30 days? I'm like, okay, that sounds good too. That moment, I knew that I, I needed to get out, and I just expanded my horizons by just writing teaching jobs for teachers i came home and i told everyone that i will be going to china as soon as i received my passport and visa and they uh they said for how long i said well for 5 years and at the time my my sister was pregnant she was uh she was due so i waited for 3 weeks i delayed everything and once the little baby was born um a few days later i'm in junjiang china the most crowded place that you could never even find me. It was a 15-hour flight, uh, I believe, to Guangzhou and then to Zhangjiang. I, just, I had to find my hotel, my own taxi, my own uh, job and everything else, all on my own. But being lost is how I found my own happiness, was that I needed to expand my horizons to get away from the comfort zone, get away from the noise and people and everything that I know in order to find me. And did I do it? It didn't take five years. It took 11 years. I knew that I would still be a teacher, but can I be better? Can I be a better human? Can I be a better teacher, a better better son, a better brother? Yeah. Yeah, I just gave myself room to do that.
0: Okay, no, I, I asked that question because, you know, people are always like, why Mexico? You know, to me. And then outside yeah. of that... Um, I, I know tons of teachers that have taught overseas and that's kind of what piqued my interest on moving overseas. I'm like, oh, you can teach overseas, you know, like, you know, at the time I'm an auditor and I, and I knew that, you know, auditing, accounting is all over the world, but I'm like teaching, like, you know, you can teach over there. (laughs) So that, that kind of piqued my interest too. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I've I've known people that have taught in Egypt and Iran, Iraq, and Germany and China, of course, Japan. Like literally, probably every country, I, I know somebody that that's been there. Um, so yeah, you know, and I, I get all the information about oh, don't go here, don't go there, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I always thought that was fascinating to, to be able to do some stuff like that. Um, when I left though, I, ain't, I ain't have no job. I took my little, my little funky savings that I had and I got some unemployment and I, I, I hey, I made the best of it and stayed for six years.
1: <laughs> I did the same thing. I didn't have a job or a career. I didn't have anything. <laughs> you We're and I.
0: But the, the thing is, I've never worked in Mexico, though. I've never worked. I said I I refuse to work in Mexico with the little pesos that they pay. Um, I guess if I was a, if I was a teacher, because I did know teachers that taught there, but the yeah. teaching license, right? I'm not going back to the States to, to do the student teaching and get my student license, uh, teaching license. So that, that was just never an option. So I had to figure out what the other thing was and that was entrepreneurship. So, um, but yeah, um, teachers in Mexico, if you're a licensed teacher, they, they get, get it really good. Probably same as China, you know, they get the little food house and all that stuff oh, yeah. so pretty much everything is, is paid for. Um so so yeah there's that but let me ask you this do you feel like you missed out on a lot being gone
1: <laughs> That's a great question um I'm going to answer it this way when I came back so many people had gotten so old <laughs> Yeah, I lost, um, while I was there, uh, all three of my grandparents, my, uh, father's mom had passed years before, but then I lost the grandmother who was a teacher, um, her husband, my grandfather, and that and my father's father as well. Uh, and I missed them dearly every single day. Uh, that's, that was, uh, probably the one thing that I, uh, I regret um, is still believing that people – I should believe that people get old and people die, but not these people, you know. I, I love them so much. And when I came back, their they their chairs are still here, but there's no way anyone can sit in them because to me they were kings and queens. And I loved and respected every single one of them because of them. I am the man that I am today who contributes to society 100% every single day because these are the traits that they instilled within me, along with my father, of course. But that's the one thing that I miss. Um, could you repeat that question? Maybe I missed a part of it. No, no. Oh, uh,
0: I asked you. Do Do you feel like you missed out on anything? You did answer it, and
1: just just that. Yeah.
0: You know, one reason why I didn't go further than Mexico is because you know I didn't want to be that far from home. I could have easily went to Germany or some other place, you know, and 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 you know became a permanent resident and all that stuff. But I I didn't want to be that far away from home. (laughs) So, so yes. I, I fully, fully understand you on that part of it, because, um, yeah, and outside of that, I don't I don't know if I would have been able to learn, like, German or something like that.
1: <laughs> uh, so this is what happened with me. Okay, this is funny. Uh, my abysmal Spanish mixed with uh, Cantonese, Chinese, which is the oldest version of Chinese, that they speak in Guangzhou and Taiwan and Hong Kong, mixed with Mandarin that they speak, it's like the English version of what we speak here. I basically invented a dialect (laughs) that nobody wants to claim me for. (laughs) We don't want this guy. (laughs) So I, I, I don't speak Spanish anymore or Cantonese or Mandarin because when I speak one, the other two come out.
0: Yeah, my my neighbors are are Mexican, and um, I, I had the handyman come to my house and fix some stuff, yeah. and we were speaking Spanish, and then yeah, my my brain just kind of switched on, and I'm like, oh God, here we go, you know. So it's 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 rough. It gets really rough, and I'll I'll just be walking around the house, and I'll I'll just start speaking Spanish. <laughs> so you know it's 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 really rough i I fully understand um i don't want to keep talking about being abroad though because i'll be here all day talking about that yeah
1: Yeah, of course let's move on
0: oh let's see i guess i kind of you kind of answered this question but this is more so towards your business all things come at a cost What did it cost you along the way? And, you know, did you have support from, you know, your family, your friends? Did they think you were insane when you wanted to start this business and not be a teacher anymore?
1: I actually, um, I had tears in my eyes when I saw this question. I said, what a beautiful question this is. Because I started reflecting. And I've got goosebumps right now. Um, It cost me so much, but it rewarded me so much more. I didn't switch careers, I have to tell you. Now that I am a coach, at the same time, I'm still a teacher. I teach life skills to special needs children in public school because I feel that my profession as a teacher, it should never be on hold because I'm doing something else. Why can't I do two things at once, right? I'm not booked all the time. I'm not teaching all the time, but I can do both of them at the same time, the same day. The day is 24 hours. There are children who need my help. There are first-time parents who need my help. There are those who are co-parenting. They have it really tough. And I know a lawyer who helps me. I know the court system that helps me with my questions to, to help these people. And I have to be there for everybody. Now... I have to go back to the very beginning at age four when I wanted to become a teacher. That's always been in my life, and it will always be that way. And I've been a coach before, and I've been this this person that I am now, a first-time parent coach, a co-parenting coach as well. So am I still – did I switch careers? No, I just expanded on becoming a teacher. I expanded my horizons towards helping – more members of the society who need my help.
0: What did your your friends and family think
1: about you wanting to to start
0: this business?
1: Uh, They were very skeptical. Um, Is this going to work? How is this going to work? But um, how much do you know about this? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe you should stick with teaching only. You know, these things. But I didn't go into building my company, a first-time parent, invest in your family. I didn't go into this uh, sort of willy-nilly. I went into it 100% fully committed, wanting to help people because the knowledge that I have gained just to help my wife, for example. We started planning for our daughter's first seven years. 2 years before she was born. And I was ready before that. You see so I needed to tell somebody, I needed to help somebody and so the only way that I could do that was to build this company in a way that I could reach out to people, not only just just lawyers or the court system but people who are in need of my help that I meet. Let's say sometimes I do Uber and I see um, young kids with kids. And I ask them, hey, how's it going? What do you need help with? And then I just refer them to, let's say, my website or, or a part of it. And they immediately open, they learn something, and I see the joy in their faces that I am of service to people. What better way to be a teacher and to be a coach than to combine both professions together and to give to society. No, definitely. Um,
0: Do you think you could have started this business before your daughter was born? Like, did this give you street credit? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Definitely not, because my building of my company was going parallel with how we went from thinking about Having our daughter. And by the way, when I say our daughter, I was fully committed to my daughter. My spirit was connected with my daughter. I told everybody I'm having a daughter. Before, Just she was nothing but a thought in my mind. And I didn't care about the naysayers. No one really supported this idea. My wife thought I was a bit crazy. I said, I am absolutely crazy. Because all I want is a daughter, and I want her to name her Charlotte. Then she, my wife, she agreed. She's like Charlotte. It's a beautiful name. Okay, that's it. She is Charlotte. Okay, now we're definitely having a daughter. And then we open the envelope. Um, it says uh, you're having a, a girl. I knew I was because when I was making um, this YouTube channel called Finally! Exclamation mark! Finally, I'm a dad. My goal was to make 50 videos that are life lessons for my daughter, teaching her everything that I know. I would go to the middle schools, the high schools, the places that I attended uh, my first job and all these places. And I would tell her stories and I was connecting with her by speaking to the camera. But to me, that camera, the camera lens was Charlotte. She was there. She was across from me. She was listening to me. I mean, I was in the gym. I was working out. I had my own goals before she was born, what I wanted to do. And every time I finished a set, I would squat down, and I would open my arms, and then she would come into my arms, and I would get up and hold her every single time. It was my daughter, Charlotte. And my wife thought I was a bit too obsessive and crazy. She laughed about it. But you know what? We wanted her to be born before summer. She was born before summer. Her name is Charlotte. And she's exactly the way we are. An outdoors person.
0: <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the, the videos. I, I don't have kids yet. If ever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see what the universe holds for me. But I do have a nephew. And, uh, okay. you know, I guess it's just it's supposed to line up divine intervention. Let me know that I'm on the right path because I started doing these voice recordings for my nephew, and you know I'm like, well, I have a you know I've I've lived a, a life,
1: <laughs> yes, you have. and
0: I you know I know so much, and so I started recording these things usually in the morning when I when I first wake up and stuff, and I have an idea on my head. And, um, you know, I'll either tell them a crazy story or give them some advice, you know, this is what you should do or not do. Um, and then I I try to have always a lesson at the end and tell them, hey, you know, this, uh, you know, I effed it up, but, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, I mean, I find that fascinating because I said I was going to try to do it for 365 days, you know, a whole year. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm like seven episodes in at this point so I've only probably been doing it for like a week and a half at this point but but yeah that just lets me know I'm doing the right thing
1: (laughs) well now people okay now people think I'm crazy because before they thought I was crazy my daughter wasn't born yet and and we were still planning for our baby and all this because I I prepared my wife well before physically emotionally and, and just spiritually the whole thing I invested a lot of time and effort into preparing my wife before to make sure that everything goes okay, Um, and it didn't. My daughter was born six weeks early. Uh, My wife had a C-section, but um, every little step that I took to make sure that we have our daughter and that my wife is healthy, um, every single thing that I did contributed towards their, uh, their health, and their happiness, and their recovery. Um, as of, uh, I think, two weeks ago, that 50 videos turned into 190 of the most educational, uh, the most informative videos because I share it with, with the world. I want them to see what it's like to take a baby to a pediatrician, What it's like to, what it's like for her to go from a thought to almost two years old today. And so... Uh, It's been a blessing, but she has taught me more than I will ever teach her about being a parent. I've learned way more, and that is why our careers are going in parallel, where she's growing up, but my company is growing with her. And we're helping people because of that one thought in my mind.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh I try to keep it under like 10 minutes or so. There's, there's a couple of stories where, you know, I have to tell the oh. whole story. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, something he can listen to, you know, on the way to school or, you know, whatever. I don't know what age he is, start listening to him because he's, a, he's yeah. 11
1: now. But <laughs> put it out there, leave it <laughs>
0: I'm like, I'll just upload it to the cloud and, you know, here you go and maybe one day you'll yeah. listen to it and I, you know, I and I, my very first message I told him, you know, if you want to publish it you know, as a book one day and, you know, a memoir, bibliography whatever you, biography, not bibliography whatever, you know uh, yes. you, you can do that because, yeah, you know Interest in life, you know, I got all kinds of crazy stories. So, so there's that.
1: But, you um, moved to Mexico for six years. Of course, you have crazy stories.
0: Yeah, I got all kinds of crazy stories. But, um, but no, they. I mean, they they were all good stories, though. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. What was the process on switching your your career? You know, outside of you know getting a You know, LLC, Corp, or whatever. So proprietor, Um, how did you prepare?
1: My career as an entrepreneur started in China when I opened my uh, my own online uh, school, English school. Uh, I think it was called Englishspeaker.com or something. Uh, I forget. This was a very long time ago, but I had to build my own website with the help of my wife, and back then it was a lot harder than it is now, where through Wix you can do that, Just, you can build your own. So for me to build a course from uh, from scratch for uh, grades 1 to 12, and then a branch for college students, it took me about a year and around 10,000 Uh The Chinese money is called renminbi and then marketing it, it was very hard because I didn't know anything about any of this, about marketing, about making a website, about making a business. But I started, I committed to building a business not knowing what the next step would be. I took the the first step in faith knowing that it's going to work. Now, as a first-time parent uh, company, To build this business was sort of – I needed that foundation as as an entrepreneur who started uh, making his own English school way back in 2010 in China. And I learned from my mistakes, from my failures. I learned how to read the market, what people need versus what I want them to have. Like here, first-time parents – They need guidance, especially from a father's perspective. There is no such thing that exists today where a father um, who has spent this much time and effort into building a business where he's giving over a 100 hours of of educational content for absolutely free through um, Facebook, Instagram, two different um, YouTube channels. One is Finally I'm a Dad. The other one is Life is Hard for Parents. Also, a newsletter that I write every month, Power. That's that's another one, Parenting Newsletter, Power. Parenting Newsletter, that's on my Facebook. But to learn different softwares, to learn how to differentiate the, the two different YouTube channels, to have a different type of content for Instagram versus uh, Facebook. This is all because of the the experience that I had in China, that I failed quite a bit because I didn't know how to read the market. I didn't know what market research was until I did it, and I realized most of the stuff that I'm doing is what I want for people, but not what they want. And so I had to switch things up. And years later, when I was working for a long time to learn different softwares, different uh, everything from a thumb making a thumbnail okay, to making a video, to embedding text and music and sound effects, um, that is the art part of me, the artist in me, where I, I have four college degrees in art. So that was necessary to bring some charisma into this website called firsttimemomdad.com. Bring color, bring hope and love and joy when people are, Looking at it, the very first thing they see, it should just bring smiles to their faces, right? Had it not been for for me being a teacher, an artist, a writer, an entrepreneur who failed so much trying his first business online back in like 2010 when things were not as great as they are right now, it taught me so much how to be better in business today. Um, every day I thought I was getting closer with first-time parent. Three and a half years of hard work went by until I finally had a product where I thought people would believe in, they would come to me for help and then not charge them the, the crazy outrageous prices where they're scared out of their wits. To be inviting enough to say, well, yes, you do have to pay for the services that you require or you would like to have towards becoming a first-time parent or learning how to co-parent, but I will never charge you near what a lawyer would charge you, a mediator would charge you, if that's what the court ordered for you to have as, a, let's say, a co-parent or, or even a psychologist or a therapist or anything. Somewhere where I'm comfortable, where you're comfortable, where I'm giving you the services you require in return, you pay me what I deserve to get paid for, but making it affordable so that no matter who you are and, and what type of financial uh, problems we should say today you may be going through, you can still afford my help, and that's what I did. Right? I mean, I could charge somebody that a $2,000 for an hour and that's something outrageous. I would never do that. The humanity in me wouldn't allow me to do something like this. Because if I'm to help people, then I should be one where they come to and go, you know what? I like what you're asking for. I like the knowledge you have um, and the the free information that you give us. We trust you with it. So here's what I need. Where do we go from here?
0: You touched on so much because, I mean, outside of my mother passing away, being an entrepreneur has to have been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It was harder than moving to Mexico, harder than learning the Spanish, all all that stuff (laughs) just combined. Um, Because you're right. You don't know where to go a lot of times, you know, Um, and between technology and, I mean, Rules and regulations constantly changing. I mean, is yes. you need you need ten of you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's only one of you. How do you there's multiply only one. yourself? Right?
0: There's only one. Um, and then a lot of times you start to feel guilty because you just want to chill. I want to take you know three hours out the day and chill when you really should probably be working on this over here. <laughs> So you know it's it's really really rough and you know entrepreneurship you know I I always wanted to be an entrepreneur ever since I was a kid but I I fully understand now why people say entrepreneurs are like crazy insane because you you have to be you you literally have to be I mean to put yourself out there um, and try to push your idea onto people and have them buy it. I mean yeah. that alone is insane. Most people don't have the ability to get out there and 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 sell themselves because I mean to an extent you're selling yourself, right? Yeah. Um, so you know people are like, oh, you you did that? Yeah, I want my money. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> so you know, closed mouths don't get fed. That's that's just how it is, you know. So, yeah, entrepreneurship takes you to a whole other level of of, of stuff you didn't even know you could
1: do. (laughs) I I Um, absolutely agree. You know, this (laughs) is is how things work. First of all, um, not only do I teach full-time and uh, put full-time hours to my business, and I'm a full-time family man. I think I I wrote that for you. Uh, And I'm a full-time writer. While uh, the 10 books were written... Uh, in three different categories for my daughter, but giving it to people um, in the 20 months that she's been with us. Every two months, I have a new book that's coming out. And that requires knowledge of a lot of different types of software. Um, like, for example, the one where I I set, I didn't raise my daughter's standards. I set her standards from Earth to another planetary system, uh, it's in our Milky Way called Proxima Centauri B, where she has found a way to learn her uh, to land her spaceship, starship Hope, on, on the surface, uh, to to help humanity to, to move there which is actually a real planet and seven times the size of Earth. But for me to actually illustrate that while I'm feeding her and she's an infant and taking care of my wife, going to Costco, um, go shopping for uh, baby formula, putting the, the dishes away and trying to build this business and trying to get clients, it can be so overwhelming that sometimes I don't even have a minute to breathe. It is that crazy. Like last night, I slept two hours on the couch right after we had our hot pot Chinese dish. You know all about that. Um, two hours on the couch. I get up at eleven o'clock. I'm working until three o'clock in the morning. Then I go to shower and shave and everything. I, I, to read the questions you sent me to make sure that I give you my absolute best. And then at uh, six o'clock, I had to be up and then uh, go and teach at the school. And then I come home, I take my, uh, my family to, uh, they went to Caesar's Palace today. So the Super Bowl is here, you know, in Las Vegas. That, that's where I am, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then I had to come back, make sure that I'm here five minutes before, but not one minute too late for you. This is how crazy life is. And people think that being an entrepreneur is an easy thing. You can do whatever you want when you want to. No, you're doing it all the time. All the time. If I have 30 seconds, it takes me five seconds to open my computer to log in and to get on online, and I've got 25 seconds. I better give it my 25 best seconds ever before I close it because my daughter is about to destroy something over there, and that's all the time I have in 24 hours, and that's all I got.
0: Yeah, no, I like you know. I used to read stories of, of
1: entrepreneurs, you know, not
0: not washing their butt and stuff like that. You know, am going days without you know, maybe eating
1: <laughs> and I, you
0: know, you know, I fully understand now, you know, you, you take a nap, you know, and then you get back up and you stay up till three, four o'clock in the morning and yeah. just repeat, you know, um, cause you don't, you don't have a team you have to do it by yourself and you don't have enough money to pay, you know, somebody even one off a one off time. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm I've never been a proponent of telling people, Hey, go be an entrepreneur 'cause yeah. nine it's not it's probably ninety nine point nine percent of people that cannot do it. <laughs> it's is I really truly believe it's it's that high.
1: <laughs> because the thing is people think being an entrepreneur is easy because that's all you do. Not unless you're super rich otherwise like a person like me i have to invest my time in my family as much as i do in my entrepreneurial duties every day and my students every day and making sure that they're safe my family's fed and and my business is taken care of right it's never i sit in front of a computer and i do my work and you know you know about that as an entrepreneur is sometimes excuse me if i I'm being a little abrupt here, but sometimes I have to pee and I'm holding it for like an hour because I've got work to do and I don't, I can't leave because when I come back I know it's, the energy won't be there. And I have to give it all I got until I can't anymore and then I have to excuse myself. And that's, that's how it is. Sometimes I have to wake up in the middle of the night because I've got an idea. But then the next morning, I do have to go to work. I have to be on time. I can't tell my administrators, oh, I'm two hours late because I needed to sleep. I'm going off of like four and a half hours of sleep a night, maybe five. The last time I slept for eight hours, I don't even remember. It was before my wife was pregnant. That's, that's the life of an entrepreneur is because you have other responsibilities and, you know, in my family, I am the, the Uber driver driver of my family. I take my wife to work, bring her home. I take my daughter to daycare. If they need me to pick her up because she needs to go see a pediatrician, then I have to go do that. And then we go shopping. I come home. I cook, pick up my wife, bring her back. And sometimes I just need to go in my vehicle and just take a breath.
0: No, I, I fully understand why you know, entrepreneurs miss out on health care and a bad diet. And I'm lucky that, you know, I started my my real entrepreneurship uh, journey in Mexico because the food's not, you know, bad because it's all, you know, made from scratch or whatever. Um, And I always eat lots of fruits and vegetables, but I, I couldn't imagine living in America, being entrepreneur and, you know, eating Chipotle or something like that, <laughs> you know, McDonald's, you know, not to say that McDonald's doesn't exist in Mexico, but it's not on every corner like in, in America, like yeah. most people eat it because um, it's super expensive. Like, I can go to the corner and get tacos for like, you know, 10 cents or something like that, and then McDonald's would be like 3 $4. <laughs> so, you know, which one I'm going to eat? Um, but yeah, entrepreneurship is, it's is, it's it's bad it's really really bad and then outside of that
1: i mean you have to really want it i mean you have to believe that it's going to work and you have to put in the, the the just so much work and you still don't know if it's going to work but you can't let doubt take over i think this is where people fail is when they let doubt take over and when they're truly not 100% committed to, to doing that. And you know what? If you don't identify what your why is, you will never be committed. Right? With me, my why is very clear. I need to help first-time parents because I know what it's like to be a first-time parent. Had I not been prepared, I could have lost my daughter or my wife or both of them. And I would have been crazy. But I prepared, I over-prepared, I prepared my wife first, a year before, making sure that her eye is on that target, just pregnancy, and that's it, and then giving birth, and recovery, that is all, I took everything else out, you see, it was necessary for me to do something like that, but at the same time, being an entrepreneur, writing, it's so overwhelming, but my why was so strong because I wanted to give all that experience to to the person that needs it the most because not everybody should, and and I think we shouldn't always give uh, okay as men I'm gonna be very clear with you here as as men we the only thing we contribute to is is we make our significant other pregnant the woman has to go through nine months. of of life-changing experience. You know, you can't just wait for the gender reveal. What if you don't get to that point? What if you lose your baby? What if after your happy gender reveal thing, your baby is deformed? Your baby is, God forbid, just doesn't make it. Or maybe makes it for a little while, has cancer, whatever, because all that is true. As a man, as a husband, as a teacher, as the person that wanted to contribute to society, I said, I am all in. I need to take care of my wife first. All the happiness will come later, but let's do the work first. Let's put in all the energy towards my wife's recovery and her mental health because postpartum does exist. And I prepared for that because I set her up with a a circle of amazing people. She never experienced it. You know, she didn't have one morning sickness day, not even one, because I made sure her diet a year before was on point every single time. Stress was zero. Happiness was at 100%. Like going to comedy clubs and letting comedians pick on me. It like that funny, you know? But it was necessary to to do those things, because I feel as men, that is all we do, and then, okay, if the first seven years of a child's life is the blueprint for the rest of his or her life, then we should start two years before, like I did, to prepare for her first seven years, because the thing is, and I know your audience is watching, that when the child is born, and you've got two grandmothers, and a mom, Uh, you as a father, you're not going to be in the picture for very long because you're the breadwinner, you're the hunter, and you're the gatherer. I didn't miss a single, single um, milestone of my daughter, as busy as I am. I didn't miss a single one because I scheduled my life around her milestones, and I captured every one of those on video. And I practiced the whole taking out the camera and capturing that moment, telling a story. It was necessary that a father steps forward and says, I'm going to be a father. I'm going to raise my family. I'm going to take over. My wife is going to be next to me. She's not going to bear the burden of raising our child all by herself, going to work, dealing with work issues, maybe, maybe not. And then postpartum depression, will she ever even want a second one? You know, and and I... I'm going to toot my horn here, but it's a testament to me because at three months, my wife said, hey, we should have another one. I said, yes, I've done it right, you know. But, yeah, she gave birth six weeks early. It was an emergency C-section during the end of pandemic at the beginning of formula shortage. But you know what? We had hope. We had faith. The very best friend that I have who is within our vicinity – He found it just by accident in Dallas, Texas and brought it to us or we could have lost our baby. You know, as men, I think we should see that the bigger picture, not just think of, okay, wife's pregnant. uh, Let's see if I'm going to have a boy. Oh, and then I'm going to wait till we lift weights together. That's not how things work. Your wife or your girlfriend or your significant other is the priority and then the child and then being an entrepreneur you really don't matter but your wife will tell you that you do matter You, you they do love you they, they care about you they love you and that's what makes it all better and that's my eight hours of sleep that's it that's all I need
0: <laughs> um, so like my father um, I was planned and I wasn't an oopsie and I, I was made out of love because I'm a Scorpio so my parents they were on, on Valentine's Day <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's funny you yeah, say so. that you're very involved because my father was it was very involved. I mean, I guess he's still involved now. But um, my mother didn't want to be at home. She wanted to go to work. So my father raised us when we were little.
1: <laughs> ah,
0: wonderful. <laughs> so you know. You know, I don't. I don't have this image of you know women are supposed to do this and men are supposed to do this. And you know, I guess that's that's kind of rare. You know, even nowadays. But no, my father was at the house. You know, and all all that stuff. Um, and our our all our firsts because my mom was like, I don't want to do it. My, my mother it's funny because my father was there when we were little, and then my mother was there when we were like teenagers to to grown or whatever. So, um. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I get it, get it from that perspective and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what are some traits that would make you successful? And uh, I mean, well, I guess we, are, we we talked about that deeply. Let's skip that one because we already didn't talked about that. Like we exactly. persistence and yeah, you know, perseverance and you know, we can't. Uh, one that you mentioned that I really loved is that you can't go off of what you want. You have to go off what your buyers want.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And you said, you know, one other thing, you mentioned this, um, consistency and perseverance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have to be, as an entrepreneur, just of course in, in life in general, you just have to be consistent with everything. But when, like for example, to all the men watching us, when you become a father, you can't take on a big project. You can take it on in, with like little bites. Consistency is key to finishing that giant task, right? And you will hit stumbling blocks like you're ready to go, and then your wife is calling you because your daughter's throwing up, and you better put that on hold because the priority is your ladies, and you got to go over there. And when you or if you have the time to go back to it, you better go back to it with that same passion you had before you were interrupted, right?
0: It it, kind of reminds me, um, you know, one of my questions are some of the traits that you need, and, you know, we kind of talked about it, but, you know, being embarrassed I mean a perfect example would be uh Tesla. Um I don't know if you if you saw it but they they were supposed to come out with this truck that was supposed to be in uh not be in if I'm say the word impenetrable.
1: Aha. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: And they shot at it and like it went through And it's like okay, well did you test it? Did you do this this and that, you know? And so you'll run into all these type of things as an entrepreneur and it can be very embarrassing, and most people would just give up.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I have to tell you that I don't think entrepreneurs really show themselves as vulnerable. They show themselves as almost superhero-like people. With When you go to my website, firsttimemomdad.com, you see first-time parent and co-parenting. You see a vulnerable side of a man who is confident – but he is vulnerable. That, that he, life can break him. But he looks happy. He may look tired, but there's love in his eyes. And that's what I wanted to show is the reality of what it's like to be that entrepreneur is that you are breakable and you will break a lot. But you just have to persevere with, through consistency. And, and good daily habits to just, when you open your eyes, it's go time. Like for me, I can't wait to fall asleep so I can get up, so I can do better than I did the day before. Like for me, sleep is secondary. It's not even tertiary to, to all the things that I do. It's just to shut my brain off for a little bit because it needs to be. And I just black out sometimes right here where I'm sitting at the dining table. I just black out because I'm so dead tired and it's a Friday night. But that's what it takes. And that's what entrepreneurs don't share is that you're breakable, you're vulnerable, and you are, you're soft sometimes. And you, you, can't, you can't be the person that says, I'm an entrepreneur and I make millions of dollars every year. No, there is so much work to be done. You have to care for people. You have to love people. The service that you're in, whatever service that may be, it's about people, not about your pockets. And that's what we forget as entrepreneurs is it's not about us. Money will come to you, but first you got to give. That is the law of the universe. The more you give, the more you will receive. Just be patient.
0: You mentioned another one, patience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard sometimes. It? I, I'm not a very patient person. It got it got to come right now. So you know, I, I've had to learn to be to be very very patient. And I, I guess to an extent that comes with age. But you know, because when you're 20s, you definitely ain't nowhere near being patient. But um, but uh, yeah, you definitely gotta have patience there. <laughs> um. I I guess I don't have any more questions. I mean, I I really enjoyed talking. You got anything else to add?
1: I am beyond grateful that you gave me the opportunity to come here and speak with you and for us to share this with our audiences. That um, because I have this beautiful product that I am sharing with the world, which is my company, First Time Parent um, again, I will plug this in as uh, my website, which is firsttimemomdad.com, not mom and dad, momdad.com, which leads you to a plethora of information from a father's perspective, from an entrepreneur's perspective, from a husband's perspective, that you may, you will never read anything like it before, any of my books I made sure that nothing like that in the industry of parenting ever existed because I wanted to help people not by copying someone else, but being the first me, not the next John somebody. I wanted to be the first me to show you that being an entrepreneur and being a father and being a husband, they run parallel. And to be of service to people. So if you have those people within your audience that need my help, first of all, reach out. Don't think that you're going to be judged because you need help. And second, ask for help because there will be a time that it's too late. You know, as men especially, you can't, I'm going to say this again, you can't just make a baby and then wait for the gender reveal and then may, may be disappointed, may be proud, and then who knows what's going to happen when by the time your, uh, your significant other gives birth. Learn what I know. Learn how I planned two years before for my daughter's first seven years. But it started with a thought. And then I applied everything that I know within science and psychology, which is another, um, obviously, subject of science, towards my wife and her well-being. Because she lost placenta. Within three days, she lost like 5% or something. That's, that's baby's life. That's energy. That, that's, her, that's everything. She could have died. Had I not taken care of my wife the way that I did, and the very first newsletter that you will read on my Facebook, go on there to firsttimemomdad.com, and you will see that. Go to it, and you will see that I manifested the very daughter that I have today, the very wife that I have today. I manifested that with my mind. I got what I wanted because I wanted it so bad, and this company, I I wanted it so bad to give it to all of you. Reach out to me. Don't assume that, oh, man, this guy is going to be expensive because he knows so much. Because I know so much, you can afford me. Learn from me as much as possible. Look at the hundred hours of free content that will last you for a lifetime. Use that if you don't trust me, if you don't believe me. Let's build trust there. Ask me for my help. Start today. Don't wait for tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Don't procrastinate. As an entrepreneur, a husband, as, as a father, as a son, I don't procrastinate. It, if I have the idea, it is now. If I need to do something, it's now because tomorrow may not come had I procrastinated on any part of my wife's entire journey of pregnancy two years before my daughter was born, had I procrastinated even with a meal, a drink, or I'll do it later, I'll feed you later, I'll give you the oranges later, I could have lost my baby. She could have had some sort of problem. But I did my best to give that that little baby that was about to be born, everything that she could to give her the tools to succeed in society and to drive our society forward. Not, I don't give my daughter an apple product. She has an apple in her hand. And I'm hoping that I inspire all of you to not be like me, but to be better than me. But you got to learn from me. With 20-plus years of education, nearly four years of doing this first-time parent thing, reach out to me. Those of you that are co-parenting, your life is tough. When I sit at the dining table and I'm eating, believe me, you come to mind. And I want to reach out and help you. But you got to reach out and help yourself and say, I want to ask this guy some questions. I want help, I need help. What do I do with my kids and we have two separate households? How do we put it all together? How do we keep it all together? How do me and my ex, how do we communicate? What do we talk about? What do we have in common? What makes us united? I talk to the court system, I talk to the lawyer. Come and talk to me. Get some help because you can only, when you ask for help, you can only make things better. From a person that cares, they will give you more. I will give you way more than what you pay me for because the cost of what you learn from me is way less than the price you will pay for not knowing. Does that make sense? And I didn't make this company so that I can buy my mansion, but I wanted to make sure that this company lives on forever. Toward, uh, through my daughter and her children and their children and their children so that we can continue to contribute to this beautiful society. That is all.
0: All right, y'all. Y'all heard it first from Gabriel. Uh, thank you, Gabriel, for coming on the Nobody Wants to Work, Though podcast. Um, again, my name is Elise Robinson and uh, until next time. <laughs>